0: A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off.
1: All right, then you asked for it.
0: Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby's Nimer, here is Jane Brown. That's me
2: in the corner
3: losing, your religion? Or is it growing stronger as you grow older? Today is a special edition of Free for All Friday. It is Good Friday ahead of Easter Sunday on the Christian calendar and the Jewish holiday of Passover begins this evening at sundown. Are you marking these occasions? Are you having dinner with family and friends? Will you be going to church or taking part in a Seder? What does religion mean to you? Or do you think of religion or faith in a different way that's personal just to you, a kind of personal spirituality? Share with me this special day by sharing your traditions and your feelings on religion. It is a free for all Good Friday. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty or one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Of course, if you have anything else on your mind, the agenda is yours to set. So we will also talk about. Politics, if you want to discuss what's going on in the province of Ontario, or Donald Trump, or Justin Trudeau, but I thought maybe... We take a break from all that today and talk about what's really important, uh, the root of our traditions, of our culture, of our religions, and what's important to us on this special day, Good Friday, and Passover beginning later today. 416-360-0740 or one 740 4740 Joining us to get the discussion going is Galen Watts, a cultural and religious expert from Queen's University in Kingston. Galen, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Jane. Thanks. Uh, So will you be celebrating Easter or Passover this weekend? Um, Actually, I
4: won't. I'm neither Jewish nor Christian, um, but I'm nevertheless very interested in religion uh, as an academic, but no, I can't say I have a personal connection to it.
3: But you are an expert. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm,
4: I study religion. Yes. Certainly.
3: Well, let's talk about the significance, then, behind Passover and Good Friday. If you'd just give us a Coles Notes version.
4: Sure. So uh, Passover, in the Jewish tradition, um, is really a commemoration of uh, the Israelites being freed from uh, slavery. Um, they were... Uh, the story goes, slaves um, by Pharaoh in Egypt. And the idea, uh, the reason it's called Passover is because God saved uh, the Israelites by passing over them, that is to say, passing over them um, and saving them from the Tenth Plague, which, uh, which was basically uh, a plague that took the firstborn of all Egyptian households. And so uh, Jews to this day continue to commemorate this, this moment, this passing over, that they, the sort of blessing um, that they received, um, and also to commemorate, you know, what it what it represents, which is, which is sort of freedom for uh, for the Jews. Um, so that's, that's sort of a a quick <laughs> brush of, of Passover, and then in thinking about uh, Good Friday, uh, Good Friday, of course, in the Christian tradition, is is the day when uh, Jew, uh, sorry, Jesus Christ was said to have been um, crucified. So it's, it's the day that he, uh, he died, and I guess in some ways it's, it's somewhat ironic that it's called Good Friday, given the, the kind of sorrowful tone of what happened. But, um, but it's a commemoration, really, I think, for, for Christians of, of remembering this, this great act that uh, Jesus Christ um, uh, you know, committed, uh, that died for, for the sins of humanity. Um, so I think, yeah, they're, they're very, very momentous days um, in, in these two traditions.
3: Growing up in Canada as a Christian in the United Church, uh, you know, I have very fond memories of going to church as a child, um, went to mm-hmm. Sunday school every every weekend, went to catechism classes, um, was confirmed uh, at the age of 13. Uh, and I know many others in this country have had similar celebrations of, of coming into adult life uh, in their religion, in their faith. Uh, And and those traditions are rooted very deeply in who we are and really form the backbone of what we decide to do on special occasions like this. So, you know, uh, for me, remembering the way that my mother celebrated uh, Easter, which always involved going to church on Sunday and ha- mm. having the, the traditional meal of ham and scalloped potatoes and, and mm. deviled eggs. You know, it's very, it's very Canadian and uh, very Canadian Christian, I guess. Um, <laughs> what, many Jews tonight, what happens at the Seder dinner?
0: Well, uh,
4: the, the Seder basically, uh, there's a, a, quite, um, a quite strict uh, festive meal in which um, Haggadah is recited in a set order, um, which is the story of, of exodus and, and related writings. Um, and then during the entire duration of this holiday for Jews, it's forbidden to eat uh, leavened food products, like uh, bread and pasta. And the reason for this is that the Jewish tradition states um, that in sort of their haste to escape from Egypt, um, that is, the, the Israelites, They didn't actually have enough time to wait for bread to rise, right? So instead, uh, they commemorate this by eating uh, non-leavened food products, like matzah, um, uh, which is a kind of unleavened bread. So there's a very particular kind of uh, food regimen, along with other sort of rituals that take place.
3: I have also read uh, that four glasses of kosher red wine are required at the Passover Seder, each symbolizing one of the four promises made by God.
4: I, I, you know what? I, I think that's probably true. I, I can't say I'm. I'm not an expert in the Jewish tradition, mm-hmm. um, but I. I'll trust your word on that.
3: Well, I, I have a very nice synopsis written up for me by our producer Michelle Saunders, okay. who who Wonderful. is Jewish. and uh, so we have an expert in our midst as well on uh, the Passover Seder traditions. Uh, so basically what i what I'm hoping to share with you today, our Zoomer radio listener, is your feelings about this weekend, uh, your feelings about Good Friday, Easter, Passover, uh, perhaps your Muslim Sikh or Hindu and your celebrations fall at different times in the calendar. But what does religion mean to you? How do you celebrate? How do you acknowledge? I know I will be carrying on my mother's tradition on Sunday. Uh, My children, my stepsons, will be coming with their partners. My dad's coming in. Uh, We will be having a a ham lunch on Sunday after (laughs) going to church. So the, the traditions are steeped deeply in who we are. And I think, you know, just personally, I feel like, these traditions mean more as I get older. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious about you as well, if you feel the same, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 866 740 Let's go to Pat in Mississauga. Hi, Pat. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. So what's uh, on your agenda for this religious weekend?
5: Well, um, I spend uh, quite a bit of it in church, uh, gratefully so and um, the weekend is very important to me which began last evening when we celebrated the um, lord's supper and then today will be good friday services and uh, then the easter celebration of the resurrection and i do live faith in my life and it's very very important to me and i love all the beautiful traditions and i was um i was a guest at um, i have a cousin who is jewish and Twice we uh, were invited to a Seder uh, at Passover at her home, and what beautiful, beautiful uh, readings. And uh, I just enjoyed the whole experience, and she's very dear to me. And uh, certainly we think of our our, our Jewish friends uh, this weekend, too. And uh, I look forward to celebrating with my family. Um I'm having them in, and hopefully the meal will go okay. And, <laughs> and uh, but anyway yes
3: faith is very important. Well, that's lovely. And and what you're speaking about Pat uh and especially in identifying with your Jewish friends there's a Gail, and it's kind of a spirituality that Pat mm-hmm. is that Pat is referencing.
4: Yes, no I I think that's right. I mean maybe to to give some context um um I think it's it's interesting to think about whether these traditions mean the same thing as they once did for for the majority of Canadians, you know, there's a lot of studies these days about um, how you know what's the religious landscape of Canada. Yes, and uh, and and this is a you know this is a, a timely, interesting topic. You know, we often think about Canada as really experiencing quite drastic secularization. Right, there's a kind of this idea that there's a falling away from religion, um, which has you know really started in the 1960s. Now, interestingly, um, you know uh, uh, a sociologist of religion, one of the foremost in Canada, Reginald Bibby, has shown that in fact this isn't quite true. There's actually what he calls um, a, a kind of religious polarization, meaning you have revivals of certain uh, religious traditions in some areas uh, among some people, and then you also have at the same time a kind of intense secularization. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, listening to Pat, there's, there's an interesting focus on, you know, are religious holidays religious in the way that they used to be, or are they also really more kind of an, a, an opportunity for us to get together, to see family, to celebrate, you know, um, gratitude and, and what's important to us? And I think that this is, in some ways, a question about, you know, are we moving towards this more spiritual kind of understanding of, of religious holidays that allows for a more kind of inclusive, perhaps less particularistic understanding of, of the holidays.
3: Right. Pat, I'll let you go and uh, wish you a happy Easter and uh, a wonderful weekend with your family. And to you and yours. Thank you so much. Bye. Yes, uh, on that note, there was an Ipsos read poll, Galen, um, religion... Uh, here in Canada, being seen as doing more harm than good in the world because of mm-hmm. extremism. So there's there is that viewpoint. Most Canadians feel that way.
4: Well, actually, it's an interesting point because I think that you know Bibby would say that yes, what's what's interesting is you have a, a quite a large group of Canadians that do see religion as ultimately um, not a not a good thing for for society, for for humanity. And yet you also have a relatively strong group, which is about 30%, um, who think the opposite, who think that basically um, religion is necessary in order to instill values and morality. So uh, w- what we're seeing again is this kind of interesting polarization, right? We have people who really think that religion is necessary to live a good life, and then you have people on the other side who think that actually it's only harmful.
3: Mm-hmm. There was another poll that puts uh, Canadians in four broad categories. 20% who are religiously committed, so they go to church and and religion forms a big part of their life. Uh, 30% are privately faithful, 30% are spiritually uncertain, and 20% non-believers. This is according to a recent poll of Canadians.
4: Yes. Well, I think I think that's right. And I think what's interesting is that you have about the same amount of people who are committed to to religion as you are to people who are committed to non-religion, that is to say kind of atheists. And the and actually the majority of Canadians fall somewhere in between. Right? They have kind of you could say, you know, they're lukewarm about religion. They that, you know, they they some of them go to church every once in a while or synagogue, and then others, you know, have a more I guess kind of spiritual, individualistic approach that might draw from, you know, Eastern religions, that might draw from indigenous religions or spiritualities, Um, and it's a kind of more eclectic approach.
3: 416 toll-free 866 740 thank you for calling the lines are jammed so let's get to your calls uh, Jan in Guelph go ahead what would you like to add to our conversation?
5: Hello, this is Jan calling from Guelph Yes um, Happy
3: Easter Thank you to you, all happy of you.
5: Uh, I'm in the second category I'm not a church go- goer but I do certainly believe and um, I'll be with my family on Sunday
3: Oh, very nice. Probably
5: having the ham and scallop potatoes. Yes. (laughs) I just wanted to comment, if I can, Mm -hmm. at this point, on the funding for health and stuff. Sure, go ahead. Um, I know Canada is extremely generous in sending funding overseas to third world countries, and I think that's wonderful. But at the same time, I really believe, too, that charity begins at home. And I think that even if we send half of what we send, we'd still be very generous. And perhaps the heart that was left could go towards the funding for health.
3: <laughs> Thank you very much for your call and your opinion, Jan. And wish you a happy Easter weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Julius in Scarborough. Hi, oh, Julius. Oh. You're on Zoomer Radio.
6: Well, good afternoon, Miss Brown, and you. And first of all, may I say to the great Jewish faith and people a happy uh, uh, Passover, and of course, as uh, as a Christian, a happy Easter. Uh, but you use the word there, catechism, that I hadn't heard for quite a long time because I went through that system as a Catholic. Yes, I'm not a lapsed Catholic, but I, I still believe in the teachings of Jesus Christ. And sometimes people may laugh at me subconsciously when there's conflict. You say to yourself, "What would Jesus Christ do in this situation?" Right. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the to me that's the essence. I'm not much into the rituals and the ceremonies, but uh, that's that's ultimately. What uh, I think you should uh, one should uh, go back to what would he do in this situation?
3: And that's an excellent point, Galen, uh, that Julius is making about mm-hmm. the symbolism of what Christ represents to us, whether or not we are devout followers or not.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, I think it's a very interesting and in fact a somewhat common view. I mean, I think you know a lot more people. Certainly, the people that I speak to. View Jesus as a kind of moral teacher, somebody whose life it was exemplary, that's in the it. same way that the that, that, uh, Buddha um, yes. and perhaps even Mohammed were, yes. right? And, and, and it's, it's taking lessons from the way that he lives, not so much necessarily the doctrines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. but seeing how, you know, that question, what would he do? How would he act in this situation? I think that's
3: a salient question for a lot of Canadians. Julius, now, thank you for bringing that up. Can I make uh, one quick point? Yes, please. Uh,
6: looking back, we have to go to church every Sunday, being Catholic. And uh, when I look back as a kid, you know, I was always kind of bored in church. (laughs) And, you know, even if I went today, I'd be a little bored. But because, again, the rituals and the ceremonies, to me, aren't that important. It's what the the teachings are. Right. And can I make one brief point about politics?
3: Yes, go ahead.
6: (laughs) (laughs) With all this... uh, This debt, you know, the uh, elections, I've heard it said, somebody along the line has said more than once, can we not put a law into government that says politicians have to live within their means and budget, and if they go over it, they have to call an election or resign? What do you think of that?
3: Well, that's pretty straightforward
6: make it a lot.
3: Yeah, well, thank you for that, Julius. It's, okay, it's, I'm Julius signing off. Yes, it's a topical discussion <laughs> at this time of year, in addition to our uh, religious weekend that many people are taking part in. 416 360 Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Galen, there are actually two Easters. Uh, the other Easter, Orthodox Easter, is a week from Sunday, uh, this year on April 8th. And I married into a Ukrainian family, so so we also celebrate uh, Orthodox Easter and all the traditions that go with that, including the basket blessing ceremony uh, at uh, Ukrainian Catholic Church on Saturday, mm. followed by what my niece calls a meat fest on Sunday at lunch. <laughs> Every kind of smoked meat you could imagine.
4: Wow. So there, there are, I'm a vegetarian, but, but I can imagine it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, there are also
3: <laughs> a lot of salads, so you would still do okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> So how did that come to be? Uh, Explain for those of us who are not in the know why we have two different Easters, two different Christmases, and yet uh, the sentiment and the root of what we're celebrating and acknowledging is still the same.
4: Well, I think it's quite simple. I think it just comes down to the fact that the Orthodox Churches base their Easter date on the Julian calendar, which differs from the Gregorian calendar calendar, which is used in many Western countries. So it's celebrating, as you say, the same uh, event, uh, but it is based on a different uh, calendar, a kind of lunar calendar.
3: Right. Uh, You know, it's funny, I printed up uh, the Orthodox Easter and Western Easter calendar through to twenty thirty <laughs> and and they do we do end up celebrating both occasionally like last year they fell on the same day, but now they don 't fall on the same day until twenty twenty five according to this calendar uh,
4: is that right <laughs>
3: Yes I know there's been a little bit of a a push to uh, to have the Christmases and the easters on the on the same day or to have a, a firm day for Easter Sunday, like the second or third Sunday in April, but there's been nothing, there's been really no formal push for that, just a discussion.
4: Right. I'm. It's probably a ground up type thing. I mean, I think, you know, getting these things kind of changed is quite a, a big deal. Who knows, though? It, it might happen.
3: Yes. All right. We'll take one more call and then we'll take a quick break and then get back to your conversations, uh, sharing your traditions on this Easter weekend, this Passover weekend. Let's go to Keith in Rochester. Keith, nice of you to join us.
1: Thank you. I called in about why people fall away from religion and the extremes and it really doesn't matter the denomination. My father, an Episcopal priest, our family from down in Kentucky, I always remember Good Fridays because we had to put up with it. Uh, Me, a PK, a priest kid, we had to do uh, as a family. He would have these long services on Good Friday. We'd get in there like 11 o'clock in the morning and we'd go to a supper time and be kept in the church there. Me, a young kid, I was born in 55, fidgeting, and other people could come and go, but I remember those Good Fridays for how my old man just kept the family, I I even now consider abuse, just hour after hour, they're droning on and on. And uh, I would ask the expert, uh, every generation has been promised the return of the Messiah. What was so uh, keen about the Age of Miracles that uh, Jesus, because I've really fallen away from the Church completely and uh, don't even, uh, no, not without offending people, I really don't even know if I believe in the divinity of Christ, but wh- why has it been two thousand years since the return of the Messiah? Why is why do, are we kept waiting for uh, the Son of God to come back and people are promised this and um, that's why people fall away. God's not a factor. Jesus is not coming back and It goes on and on, but I just remember Good Fridays horribly from my youth and just, oh, I hated my man for being a clergyman.
3: Well, let's go over to Galen Watt, our (laughs) religious expert from Queen's University. And thanks for calling in, Keith. Bye.
4: Yeah, thanks, Keith. That's an interesting question. It seems to me there's two parts. One is, um, you know, I I guess I sympathize with you for having to sit through that, but I guess to give some context, one thing that, that comes to mind is, you know, Reginald Bibby talks about this shift. In Canadian culture, over the past 50 years, from uh, a kind of attitude of deference to one of discernment and, uh, or even defiance, right? And so I think that over the past 50 years, there's been this move to away from sort of of, of thinking about things in terms of duty um, and and uh, and diligence, and and more towards a, a kind of critical questioning of things. So it sounds like. You know, Keith is, is, was certainly bound up in that, you know, started to think, well, why am I doing this?
7: Mm-hmm. Why am
4: I sitting in the pew and putting my, my body and, and mind through this? Um, it, and, and, and I think that, you know, at, at some point, I think enough people started started asking that question, um, and, and that's what led to, you know, I think he's right, a lot of people falling away from the Church. The other question is more difficult to answer. It's not clear to me that people, that, that the, the sort of millennialism... That he talks about is the reason why people fall away, only because this is actually it continues to to exert a lot of force in the world. That is to say, there's lots of people who are still waiting for for you know the second coming, and um, it's a, it's a it's a story that I think has traction and you know gives people hope in different ways um, from a, that's a kind of social scientific perspective. Um, and so you know I think you know the, there are lots of evangelical churches that continue to to believe this. So I'm, I'm I'm not sure if I if I buy his, his story about you know that being one of the reasons. I, I can see from his perspective why it's it's a bit difficult to to make sense of, but I, I do think that it, it's got more traction and continues to um than, than he seems to think.
3: We're talking about religion today on this Easter weekend and Passover weekend as well. Are you losing your religion or is it growing stronger as you grow older or does your faith, has it stayed the same all through your lives? Uh, those questions, answers to those questions, and your shared traditions are welcome today on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. I'm Jane for Libby, and the numbers, before we go to a quick break, 416 360 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740.
0: That's
6: me in the
2: corner That's me in the spot
3: On this special edition of Free For All Friday, Free For All Good Friday, being that it is the Easter weekend and it is also the beginning of Passover, we're sharing our religious uh, feelings, our traditions around this time of year at 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And joining us for this special edition of Free For All Friday has been Galen Watts. He's on the line from Queens University, a cultural and religious expert. Before we get back to the phones here quickly, Galen, what is it about human beings uh, that most seem to need to have a connection to faith or a connection to religion, at least on some level?
4: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, I think that this is a a question that continues to be debated, um, and there are all kinds of different answers to it. I think that maybe the simplest would be to say that human beings generally have spiritual needs, whether we want to call those needs for meaning um, for uh, a sense of something being outside of them that they can connect with, um, and, and something greater than themselves. You know, I think we, we're all ultimately purposeful beings. We need purpose. We need to be able to know why we do the things that we do um, and how we fit into this, this grand scheme that is life. So I think that, you know, in some ways there's an argument to be made that we, these are needs that we have. Religions have, of course, for most of, of, of history, you know, fulfilled these these needs, given us uh, a way of of, of of dealing with them. Um, but it seems as though, at least uh, in, in in recent history, they are not exhausting um, uh, the, the sources from which we draw. Uh, to, to fill these needs, you know? Religion are one source, but, but maybe not the only one.
3: Thanks for hanging on the line. We'll get back to the phones right now, starting with Ruth in Victoria Harbor. Where is Victoria Harbor, Ruth? Hi. Hi, Jane. Uh,
8: it's just um, about eight miles from uh, Midland. Oh, okay, you know great. This? Uh-huh. Uh, I just want to tell you that the church means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been going for a long time, but I wasn't raised in a church because we didn't have one near us. So as soon as we got to go to the um, uh, city to get work, uh, my brother and I—that's um, one of the first things we did—and uh, I, I went to different churches, and I—I I settled in the Baptist church, and um, and I just love church. It's a—it means the world to me, and I believe that the whole Holy Bible is all true every bit of it whatever we need to know in our life we can find it in there to help us and and i believe in jesus christ and that we celebrate this weekend uh first of all we celebrate the fact that he he died for our sins so that we can all be forgiven what a wonderful gift that is and um, and maybe you know this first jane greater love has no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends so I sure want to be his friend, yes. and, um, and I, 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 I've got many things to say, uh, but I just want to make sure that you know that um, I truly believe in God and in his Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and um, I just uh, can't see how anyone else can uh,
3: look anywhere else but to him. And will you uh, be having an Easter meal on Sunday? Uh, yep I'm going to be going to my uh, my granddaughters. Oh nice.
8: Mm, for a wonderful dinner and um I just I just love Easter and all the holidays and I know they don't always come on the exact time but on oh, the different uh um, the Jewish folks they celebrate different times yeah. as well. Um but as long as we believe in uh, in God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus his, Jesus God's son. Uh, I don't think we can go wrong
3: at all, Ruth. Thank you for your call. Happy you're Easter welcome. to you. Happy Easter. Bye bye. That is a nice day when you get to be an age where you are going to your granddaughter's for Easter dinner. That is lovely. Let's go to Barry in North York. Hi, Barry. You're next. Hi, Jane. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. How are you well, celebrating this weekend, or are you?
7: Uh, yeah actually i'm celebrating a little differently because i usually go to my brother and sister-in-law's place in london um but i am going over to a friend of my place who's uh, testing it out too much okay. and so and uh, make her Easter dinner. um the what i want to say is i want to i agree with the guy that uh, one of the previous callers had said we have to ask as christians when we're in a particular situation what would jesus christ do at this particular time and that's that's the best way to live your religion and the guy who is um kind of bored with church mm-hmm. maybe he should try ours because actually we don't have a minister that speaks we have a bishop but he kind of oversees things um every sunday but he asks people from the congregation three people each sunday to give us talk oh. on a particular subject and they can be eight years old or they can be like 80 years old, and I have learned a lot from these talks, and even from a 10-year-old, it's amazing, Jane, just um, how much you can learn from children, too.
3: Oh, no, absolutely. And
7: it's just incredible, and I look forward to Sunday every single week. I could have the worst week I'm ever having, and I've had some pretty bad weeks with deaths and cancer and all that kind of stuff, but I know that Sunday I am going to be uplifted and by people around me, and by people hearing the messages, and it's just, just so wonderful.
3: That Thank is God. wonderful, fantastic. You know, my husband and I say the same thing. We don't go every Sunday, but when we do go, we leave. I'm a. I, I really enjoyed the sermon. That's that's my favorite part. And when there's a, a good message in the sermon, it and it gives you pause for thought. Uh, you know, you leave feeling a little lighter, um, and you you feel. A little more reflective, uh, whatever that is, Galen. It's it, it is a good feeling to to leave a place of worship uh, with a better frame of mind than when you walked in.
7: And I find that my batteries are recharged. Yes, I recharge my batteries on Sunday, my spiritual batteries, and we have three hours to do it because we have an hour of the usual kind of um, what we call sacrament, which is uh, the service that most people um go for a lame hour or so, and then we have. Two more hours of, of Sunday school, adult Sunday school, and then we have another hour of um, of uh, the men get together and um, talk about um, uh, priesthood things, and and the women get together and talk about um, lessons and things like that. Sure. And it's really practical, really practical. And I remember watching the Teeny Petty show years ago, and this person, it uh, wasn't a religious show, and this guy came on and he says, Remember that we are not human beings on earth experiencing spiritual things. We are spiritual beings experiencing human things on earth. And ever since I heard that, I thought, yeah, that changes the perspective on everything you do.
3: Great, Barry. Thanks for calling and really appreciate it.
7: Welcome. Happy Passover. Happy Easter.
3: Happy Easter to you. Uh, Gail, in your thoughts on that comment? Yeah,
4: no, it's very interesting. I mean, I've heard that that quote that uh, Barry mentioned, and I, I think it's a very, very interesting and powerful one, um, you know, all I'll say is that I think you know what, his his testimony is something that that is very powerful. There's something that happens when people get together um, and and worship, um, listen to one another, open their hearts to one another. Uh, as he as you talked about being uplifted, um, you know, feeling refreshed, um, having your sort of spiritual uh, condition renewed at the end of uh, at the end of a good sermon and and listening to a great a great preacher. I think, yeah, there's something very, very powerful about that, and, and it's, it's no wonder why, um, why you know, people really do, do, do connect with that and, 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 as the past two callers have mentioned, you know, really invest themselves and, and, and you know, see this as incredibly significant in their lives.
3: Let's continue on with this Free for All Good Friday. Richard in Roscoe, you're up next. Hello, Jane. Hi, what's your message or thought for today?
9: Well, uh, it, it kind of... Uh, <clears throat> Somebody give me an analogy. I I was a fallen away Catholic, and um, I'd um, went to college and met some people that were. I found um, true believers. A guy was uh, the president of the scuba club. He uh, lost his lifeline when he was ice diving, and uh, running out of air, he was um, you know like breathing out of a wet towel. So um, he um, he kind of talked me into it a little bit, but then I, I started realizing uh, you know it's like. <clears throat> Somebody giving the analogy that it's like if if God's out there, He's this all powerful being and to really get in contact with us, to send us His Messenger, His Son, uh to be here. And His Son, okay, we're you know, it's Good Friday and um, and Passover is the same day as Good Friday was, um they had taken take him off the cross and bury him that same day because Passover is gonna start that night. Um, that it all started back with Abraham given the promise, and he had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. One became the Arabs, one became the Jews, and then the Jews had prophecies that this Messiah was going to come. Um, now, there's lots of ones where he's a, a super-Messiah-conquering king, and otherwise there was this other one which was not as obvious, the subservient-suffering uh, Messiah. So... Um, I found that to be amazing, and I found uh, Billy Graham was super, and then, I, then again, John Paul II came along, and I thought, well, here, here's the Catholic version of uh, Billy Graham, so I, I'm now back into the Catholic Church, so wish you all a happy Easter, and yes, I'm going to be smoking my own meat.
3: Oh, nice. So you're having a meat fest as well. Well, after watching the
9: the uh, morning crew, your happy gang out yes, there in...
3: In Texas.
9: Uh, in Texas, yes. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm on the Internet. I actually have... I'm broadcasting your radio station to about a mile area in my home. Oh, great. I've got a little FM transmitter, so I go fishing by the river, and, and um, my neighbors get to hear it your they listen. But anyway, um, so it's... it's uh, yeah, I'm going to try to duplicate some of those marvelous meats they had there in Texas.
3: Oh, wonderful! Well, I, I will pass that along to Sam and Neil when I see them on Monday morning when they return. That you've that they inspired you to smoke your own meat.
9: <laughs> well, yes, and actually, I've been listening to you guys since 1997.
3: That's more than 20 years. Thank you, Richard.
9: Yeah, you know, well, you know, yeah, I was when. Um, Goldhawk was in C B C that's when I started listening to on AM radio.
3: Right. Well thank you uh, for staying no with I- us. Thank you for staying with us all this time. All the best and to you. Goodbye. Says goodbye. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, Galen, some maybe you can put a scholarly perspective on that. Uh, if you're just joining us, Galen Watts on the line, a cultural and religious expert from Queen's University, um, in 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 some of that message about us all being connected from an, an an original tribe or original set of brothers.
4: Well, to be honest, um, Jane, I actually I, I couldn't really understand what he was saying. I, I think it was a bit choppy on my end, so I had trouble kind of tuning in. Um, but I, I do think that you know th- there this is debates within, of course, uh, theology. Yes, um, uh, an area that I'm I'm not all that familiar with as a social scientist. But but I can tell you that I think you know th- th- there is a question as to whether we are, you know we're we're in some ways um, worshiping, um, at, at, you know, from a similar kind of origin. Now, again, I, I can't wade too deeply into the debates, as, as I'm not a, a theologian, but, um, but I think, you know, th- these are lively debates going on.
3: Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, you're up next on Zoomer Radio. Hi, Jane. Hi. Happy holidays. Yes, to you as well.
10: Now, may name the specific holidays of your... Uh, one of the older religions, obviously, Passover, also, it's uh, and I, I've, I'm pronouncing these things wrong. Uh, may these people forgive me, but I wish them a Hanun Jayanti, and that's if they're Hindus this weekend, and a Maga Puja day if you're Buddhists.
3: So Well, they're, you're they're, trying, so I think people will give you credit for that. <laughs> okay, so
10: I, you know, it's a very religious weekend. Yes, it I, is. I, I point out to the, the three religions the thing that's a bit confusing to me. Okay, the Jews are the chosen people. You know, Israel's a nice place to visit. But my God, they're the chosen people (laughs) look at the size of the property he gave you and who he gave you as your neighbors. If you're Christian, I'm wondering, is it your job to be out there sinning if he died for your sins? And if you're Muslim, my gosh, As a guy, I can tell you one woman is uh, allowed to handle, do you really want 72 in heaven?
3: I appreciate the joke. (laughs) Thank you, Stephen, for calling in. (laughs) Uh, So much of our Canadian society now, Galen, uh, especially here in Toronto, the number of religions and faiths, uh, it has certainly made us more aware <laughs> yes. and of, of all, all the different beliefs out there. But it's also, I think, in some ways, uh, brought us closer.
4: I, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's, it's really wonderful to hear your callers call in and, and wish people of other faiths, um, you know, a, a happy holidays. I think that in many ways, this reflects you know the kind of wonderful mosaic that is Canada. Um, as as you know, you know Toronto is of course the kind of mecca of, of multiculturalism in many ways. Um, but I do think that this this ripples out, and, and we see this in in how we understand ourselves as Canadians. I think that multiculturalism, pluralism, diversity these are all things that are are very close to us. You know uh, who we are, and uh, and it's really wonderful to to see that people are. You know we have questions, of course. We're gonna we're gonna wonder. You know how. What's what's the rationale between behind why you do what you do, um, you know, in your tradition? But at the same time, it's a kind of curiosity that I think opens opens us to to new uh, to new ideas, new experiences, and it's and it's we're relating on on a kind of shared. sense of, of of humanity. You know, we have a kind of common ground from which we can explore each other's differences.
3: We're looking forward to hearing more of your traditions on this Easter Passover weekend. We have to take a quick break, but we're back with more Free For All Good Friday in just a moment. 416-360-0740 toll free 1-866-740-4740 Fight back
0: with Libby's Zneimer a Free For All Friday Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Excuse
1: me, excuse me, excuse me,
5: excuse me!
0: Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby's Nimer, here is Jane Brown. That's
4: me in the corner.
3: Are you losing your religion or is it growing stronger as you age? This is our discussion today on Free For All Good Friday, the start of the long Easter weekend, the beginning of Passover at sunset tonight, 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. Sounds like there are a lot of Easter lunches and dinners happening this weekend across southern Ontario in our listening area. Let's go to Joan. In Wellington, hi Joan. What would you like to say about this topic?
2: It's in Burlington.
3: Okay, you're in Burlington. In Burlington. <laughs> okay, tell us what's happening.
2: I I'll just give. Um, I have not lost my uh, faith, but I'll just give you a little background. I was brought up in England in the Catholic in the um, Church of England Anglican Church. When I got married, my husband was Catholic, and he's quite a devout Catholic. So in 1955, I changed my religion to Catholicism, uh, and stuck to that for. I attended Mass regularly for over 60 years. In 2001, when I came to Burlington, I happened to ask a parish priest um, his opinion on uh, a certain situation. I, I told him, my eldest sister, her, she lost her husband, and she met a man who had lost his wife, and they're beginning to live together. So I said, what, how does the Catholic Church look upon this situation? His reply to me was, well... If they believe they are married, in God's eyes, they are married. Now, how can that um, so be compared to people who just live together today anyway?
3: Oh, so you, so you— It's like
2: a double standard.
3: I understand. Okay, Joan, I want to take this question to our expert on the line, Galen Watts, cultural and religious expert from Queen's University. Yes. Is, was there truth to what uh, the priest told Joan on that day?
4: Um, so, uh, actually, could you explain it one more time? I, I think I had trouble hearing her again. Okay. Um, but as I understand it, the, yeah, so you, just tell me once again what the priest said. Uh, okay, I had asked uh, my, my parish
2: priest, incidentally he was a married, he's one of these rare married priests, he had a family, he became a priest later in life. I asked him, um, my sister had lost her husband, and she met a gentleman who had lost his wife, They got together and they started living together. So Mm. I said, How does the Catholic Church look upon this situation? And he said, Well, in the eyes, if they think they are married, in the eyes of God, they are married. How can this um, go to a situation like that? And yet, today, couples are living
4: together without marriage. How can the church right. have two different standards?
3: Okay, let's get Galen's uh, yes, reflection right. on that. Well, yes, I
4: think, again, this is this is a, a question that I'm, I'm sure Catholic theologians would uh, would have lots to say about. One, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I must say I I, I, my, I imagine that what the priest said is not what probably the Vatican would support, um, um, but that. Of, Again, you know, I, I, I can't say that I'm versed enough in, in the debates within Catholic theology. I mean, one thing I can tell you is that there is a, a very heated debate right now about whether divorcees can, um, can receive uh, communion. I think that's, that's a very heated topic. But these, this question, I think, and, and the kinds of issues that it raises are really at the crux in some ways of what some people are calling the crisis of, of the Catholic Church, um, because, you know, culture's moving in one way. Should the Church conform? Should it not? Um, I think these are issues that are very, very heated, um, and uh, and so, <laughs> I mean that's that's sort of all I'll say I guess for now. Right,
3: and it's not necessarily black or white. I mean, uh, you know, my 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 personal thought is that uh, I I was confirmed under the Catholic Church within the United Church, because the certificate, I remember at the time saying, and it had the Catholic Church written across the top of of the certificate, and my feeling was that I now, uh, as a result of having gone to these classes, uh, can take communion at any Christian church, and that is how I've lived my life. Um, I've also been divorced and remarried, so the fact that somebody is saying that I might not be allowed to take communion, I mean, that's almost upsetting
4: well, yes, and, and I think that's true of a lot of people. I mean, I think this is, that's exactly why it's such a heated debate right now, because your, your experience, Jane, is certainly not uh, uh, entirely unique. I think that there's a lot of people who feel the same way, um, and, and this is leaving the, the Church in a difficult position, you know, yes. having to, to make sense of this.
3: Have observations of Christian and Jewish holidays changed over recent decades? Or, you know, another way of looking at that, uh, this question I have for you, Galen, is do the generations view religion differently? Uh, are the millennials feeling differently than the boomers and the Gen Xers? Or is it, is, is it not a generational question?
4: No, it's definitely a generational question. I'm glad you asked that. I, actually, my my particular research project focuses on uh, the spiritual lives of millennials, and I do think that there, there is a real difference between the ways in which boomers, Gen Xers, and millennials uh, make sense of religion and spirituality. Um, and so, you know, I would say just off the top that basically millennials, generally speaking, approach uh, religious holidays, if they approach them at all, differently than their, than their parents and their grandparents. Um, they, they, they mean something different to them. Um, you know, I think uh, Elizabeth uh, Drescher, who, who wrote a book recently about the spiritual lives of religious nuns, she talks about, for, for young people, spirituality having to do with family, friends, and Fido, um, meaning the, the dog. <laughs> so in some ways, these holidays, you know, um, millennials will, will, will you know, observe these holidays, but they might have a very different meaning to them um, that, that perhaps isn't aligned with what the, the religious authorities,
3: would say, right? No, inter- interesting discussion, and I'm glad we got a little bit of information about what you are. Your doctorate is focused on. It's uh, it's fascinating, uh, and you've been a great guest, by the way. I've really enjoyed speaking with you.
4: Oh, thanks so much, Jane. I've really enjoyed it as well.
3: Should we take? L- I- we have time for one more call. Actually, maybe two. Quickly, let's go to Heidi in Toronto. Heidi, are you celebrating this weekend? Hi, Heidi. Do we have Heidi on the line? <laughs> Sorry, you've been yes, waiting. I'm here. You've been waiting a while. Go ahead. Sorry. How are you? Fine. What did you want to uh, add to our conversation? Well, a
8: couple things. I think you're doing a great job. I think Galen is also doing a great job in his explanation. I also have a doctorate in social work, so I'm a PhD in social work. And I'm also Jewish and modern Orthodox, so I know you haven't had too many calls from people who are celebrating Passover but I'm one of them. I'm glad you're adding your voice. Great. Thank you. And I just wanted to share some important things about our religious observance that some people may not know. One is that we're taught, first and foremost, to be a light unto all the other nations and to be a good person and to help make the world a better place, to bring peace and light and to elevate to the spiritual. So things like even eating or drinking wine and the special foods that we have during the Passover holiday, and also all year round, we say blessings over so that we're mindful that everything comes from God. We don't just grab the food and eat or whatever. It doesn't matter if it's a chocolate bar or a drink of water. We actually say a blessing so that we can elevate it to a higher spiritual level and show our appreciation to God. And the other thing is when we have our Passover Seder, as Galen was explaining, it's an order where at the very beginning we read from the Haggadah, which tells us the story when we were slaves in Egypt and how God took us out of Egypt and saved us. And that's why we're celebrating our freedom and we're very, very grateful. And during our reading of the Haggadah, and the Seder, which is an order. We eat special foods like, um, and I didn't hear anybody mention this yet, salt water. And that's supposed to symbolize the tears that our ancestors had when they were suffering from slavery. They were building um, for Pharaoh, who was very cruel to our people. They were building different things with brick and mortar. And uh, even when they did it and they built it, Pharaoh made them take it apart and start over again. And uh, as a social worker, I know that's one of the most terrible things that you can do to a person's spirit is undo what they've done and make them keep redoing over and over again. And so we eat um, salt water and we, or drink salt water. We also have bitter herbs to remind us of the bitterness of our life when we were slaves. And then, of course, we eat uh, haroset That's a mixture of nuts and apple that's supposed to symbolize the bricks and mortar that uh, Pharaoh had us uh, used to build with. And then we have sweet foods to remind us that we're celebrating sweetness and being grateful for our freedom. So we do that at the beginning of the meal, and then we have our meal, and we celebrate and are thankful that we're with our family and friends. And we also open the door to people who are not just Jewish but non-Jewish as well, and my parents taught me that it's important to be respectful of other religions and other religious observances. So we give Easter baskets to our friends, as well as Passover gifts to our friends who celebrate the different holidays. Heidi,
3: this is a poignant way to end the program. Uh, We are out of time, but I'm really glad you called. uh, Your message and your knowledge was much appreciated at the end of the program. So thank you, and happy Passover.
8: Oh, thank you, and happy holidays to everyone, whatever they're celebrating.
3: Great. Galen Watts, cultural and religious expert from Queen's University, has been my guest. Galen, it was a pleasure. I hope to talk to you again in the future. You as well, Jane. Take care. Happy Easter. Happy Passover, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful long weekend. And the great music continues here on Zoomer Radio. Norm Edwards and the number ones at one are next.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.